Hallelujah. The Lord makes a way where there is no way. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. So good to see you in God's house today. God is so faithful. I was thinking this week, I know it's been a another challenging week here in the U.S. I don't know how much longer we're going to have to endure these things. But I was just thinking, you know, God is faithful in the midst of the storm. It's not always about avoiding the storm. Sometimes we have to go through, right? Now, whenever I have the opportunity, I prefer to go around. <laughs> but sometimes you just got to go through. I was uh, talking with a, one of my drivers at work the other day, and it's just, it's just insane. I, I can't even... There'd just be no way for me to describe it to you. It's just, it's just insane. It's like Christmas and prom and homecoming and, and uh, some kind of, I don't know what else, is all happening at once. It's just insane. And he said, what are we going to do? I said, there ain't nothing we can do. We just got to keep going. Just keep going. One day we'll come out the other side and we'll have a great story to tell our grandkids. Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm glad you're here today. Uh, if you're not able to be with us physically, you can continue to call in to the number every uh, Sunday morning at 1030 and be part of that as well. So praise God. Open your Bibles this morning to Numbers, Numbers chapter 21. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. So that's book number four of your Old Testament. We're going to read from this portion of scripture and then we're going to we're going to after reading that we're going to go to John chapter 3 so you're going to want to have a little uh, piece of uh, paper or something and some way to flip your Bible quickly to John chapter 3 we're going to read from both the Old and the New Testaments this morning Amen we're going to pick up the Story here in Numbers 21 at verse number 4. And I'll be reading this morning from the New King James Translation, which reads, Then they journeyed from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. It's so easy to get discouraged, isn't it? Amen. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and our soul loathes this worthless bread. So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he may take away the serpents from us. 
So Moses prayed for the people. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. Now if you'll flip over very quickly to John chapter 3, we're going to begin reading at verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, that's the story we just read in Numbers, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. May God's blessings accompany the reading of his word. Would you uh, bow your heads with me this morning? Let's pray together. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we come before you today. We come before you today at a time of great discouragement in our land, God. We know what is happening all around us in the world. But we pray this morning, God, that you might once again lift up the name of your Son, Jesus, so that the world may be healed. Father, touch this word today. Anoint it. Anoint the one who preaches it. Lord, you know his weaknesses today. Let every heart and mind be open and receptive. Let your word take root. Let it bear fruit in every life today. We ask this in Jesus' name. The church agrees. Amen. Amen. I came here today with the thought in my heart that it has never been more important than now to lift up the name of Jesus. But I want to begin this morning by going back to that story in Numbers. Now, you probably have heard that story most of your life, no doubt. Uh, you might have, I remember when uh, I was in Sunday school, we, uh, uh, my, my Sunday school teacher, sweet Sarah Sister Davis there, one of my fairy godmothers, uh, she had one of those flannel graphs. Does anybody remember what a, you even know what a flannel graph is? How many of you are old enough like me, you remember the flannel graph? This was the most amazing thing that you could possibly have in the days of Sunday school when I was, now I, I know children today must just think it's just so silly. They get all the digital, uh, uh, all the CGI and all that. But boy, I tell you what, you could do a lot of good with a flannel graph. And I remember when she would teach this story in Sunday school. She would, she would put up on the flannel graph, and I don't know what the magic was, how, how the, how the uh, characters stayed up on the... Uh, it wasn't Velcro, but it was, uh, it was something anyway. On the back of the characters, it would stick to the flannel graph. And, and I remember that picture of that bronze serpent. You know, boy, that was just so... Uh, I don't even know what's the word for it. That was just so cool. You know, that, that pole with the serpent to, 
intertwined around it. I don't know if you if you know if you can visualize that. Uh, uh, they tell me that the the medical symbol today is is kind of based on that. I don't know if that's all how all that works, but. Um, you look at that bronze serpent, and boy, that serpent was a mean-looking, fierce-looking, tough-looking serpent. Boy, I, I know some of you are not real good with snakes, and I, I understand why. I, I, I get why that you're not real good about snakes. And, you know, I, I know I brought up Sister Joyce earlier, and she'll tell you, the only good snake is a dead snake, and the only thing better than a dead snake is a dead snake in somebody else's yard. Amen. Hallelujah. But... You know, if you go back, there's some things in that story that I really think are relevant to the moment we're living in right now. And one of the things that I, I picked up on in, in reading it this time was how easy it is for people to get discouraged. And there's something about discouragement. It seems to be contagious. I, I've, I, I, have, I have amended my habits in recent weeks, both because I have no more time. It's, I'm telling you now, it's, it's, it's dawn to midnight. I mean, you, you, you work, you eat, you sleep, you work. That's the life right now for those in my profession and in the medical professions and, and, and other professions that are dealing, you know, on, kind of on the front lines of this whole situation. It's just nonstop. And so I, I don't do very much... Uh, uh, free time things. So I've changed a lot of habits, and, and I've just found myself that, that I have found that by getting away from certain things, like uh, uh, the social medias and, and watching all the, the, the things that are going on, I have found my spirit is just so much, uh, so much lighter. Amen. Amen. It's just so much lighter. I, I, and I, I tell you what, they say ignorance is bliss. And I'm, starting to, I'm starting to believe that that's true. Amen. My, my spirit is lighter because I, 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 the this, this spirit of discouragement that's so prevalent in, in our time and in these situations, uh, I, I'm just avoiding it altogether. Now, I'm not saying I'm a Pollyanna or anything like that. I, I believe you know, that things are serious. I believe things are real. I think we've got to take things seriously right now. Um, I, I don't believe in being reckless. I'm not talking about just pretending that everything's okay. But you know, you have a choice what you focus on. You really do. You have a choice. There are some people that, that, that they just get sucked up into all of the, the bad things that are happening, and, and they just they feed on that. And when you feed on that, that, that negativity, when you feed on that discouragement, when you feed on that hopelessness, boy, it, it, will, it will really mess with your mind and with your spirit. And it will even affect you physically. Amen. You, you discouraged people, depressed people, they are a lot more uh, su uh, subject to, to a lot more of, uh, of the things that can happen to the body. And, and I tell you what, we need to be careful what we let into our spirit what we let into our mind, what we let in, what we receive. Because, you know, uh, I, I know sometimes, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, there's just kind of a sense of wanting to just kind of be in on it, right? Whatever's going on in the moment, I kind of want to be in on it. Our young people, uh, really, they, you know, they, they're the ones that drive so much of what's, uh, of what's happening in our culture uh, all over the country today. And, 
And boy, they, they, they feel like if they're five minutes behind on Twitter, they've missed out. You know, they, they've just missed the whole thing, you know. And, and I think it's so important that we understand that it's our choice what we choose to focus on. There's always going to be enough bad news to bring us down. There's always going to be enough things going on. If you look around this world, you take a real close look around this world, you'll find plenty of things to really get, to, to get discouraged about, about the way people are acting and the things that are happening around, not only in the United States, but all over the world. But I want you to notice that this discouragement infected them to the point where they began to despise the blessing of God. This is the real problem with this discouragement. It's one thing to look at the world. It's one thing to look at what's happening politically and what's happening socially and what's happening economically. You can look at those things, and if you look at them honestly, if you take off the blinders of whatever party or affiliation or movement, just look at them honestly, you will see at the heart of these things is a self-centered sinfulness, a lust, a greed, a desire for, 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 for just, just things that are not godly, and I'm going to leave it there. And you can get sucked into that, and you can let that dominate your heart and mind. And if you're not careful, you will transfer that over into the things of God. You will transfer that over to the things of God. What are you talking about, Pastor? One of the things that afflicts, I'm going to just say Pentecostals more so than regular Christians. I don't mean to imply that Pentecostals aren't Christians, uh, although I've met a few. Never mind. I <laughs> won't go there. Won't go there. Uh, Pentecostals are Christians. Christians are Christians. And Christians, some Christians are Pentecostals. It's probably the best way to say that. But, you know, we Pentecostals, we tend uh, to focus a lot on the, the, I guess, I don't know what to call it, the flashy, the, 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 the sort of out of the ordinary, extraordinary kind of supernatural uh, aspects of of, of God's work in the world, and, and it, certainly there's, there's a lot to that. But what we sometimes get tired of, or what we sometimes grow weary of, and what we sometimes ignore, are the day-to-day -day blessings of God. And that's what's happening here in, in the book of Numbers. They've seen the water flow from the rock. They watched the Red Sea get parted. They saw the manna come down from heaven. They've seen power. You know, there's an there's a earlier, and I almost preached this this morning. I'm probably going to save this for another time. I may, I, I, I'm going to be on a, uh, 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 <laughs> this is going to sound so grand, I'm going to be on an international prayer call Thursday, Thursday night on Zoom. Amen. I've been asked to speak to a, a collection of international people, which is, I, 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 I don't know what that means, and you know, there's probably going to be five of them on the call, but whatever. And I, I, but, you know, I was reading in Numbers, I've been reading Numbers this week, and I was reading Numbers 14, and it's that great, well, I don't know, it's that story where Moses has to intercede to keep God from killing all of his people. And I thought, man, I, I, I tell you what, I, I said, Lord, I've been there. 
I have been there. There have been times where I just wanted to wipe the whole lot out and start all over again. But, you know, that's not fair and that's not right. But there's, there's a verse there where the Lord says, They've seen all my mighty works, and yet they still, they still aren't satisfied. They've seen all my mighty works, and they're not satisfied. And we move over here to this one, and, and you hear the, the disdain and the despising in their voice. We loathe, we loathe this bread from heaven. We're so tired of the same old, same old. We're so tired. Now listen, these are people, and I want you to understand. We, you, you, hear, you hear a lot of noise right now, and I'm not taking a side, but you hear a lot of noise about, right, about whether the government should take care of all these people and, uh, and, and, and welfare and, 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 and unemployment. And you, you know what I'm talking about. These people, let me put this in perspective of you. The children of Israel were on welfare for 40 years. They didn't have to work. God fed them every day and supplied every need that they had. They took complete care of them. The whole time of the wilderness church, the Bible records that the manna fell until the very day. The very day they crossed over the Jordan River. And yet they had reached this point where the daily blessing of God was something that they despised. The daily blessing. They wanted the flash. They wanted the miraculous. They wanted to see the, the, the sea parted again and again and again. But the daily sustenance. How many of you would testify today that if the Lord hadn't taken care of you every day, you couldn't be here? Amen. Every day. Amen. Every time I wake up in the morning, there should be a thank you, Lord, on my lips. Amen? Every time. Now listen, getting out of bed ain't nearly as painless as it used to be. All right? At this stage, getting out of bed for me is about a ten-step process. All right? I got to roll a certain way and get a pillow under a certain part of the body and get a certain angle and, and, and you know, like, like, you, like you, it's almost now like I'm changing a tire on a car. I just got to lift up this side to get to the point where I can sit up without, uh, without passing out. But you know what? I can do it. I can do it. And I walk through my house and right now my house, well, right now, what am I saying? My house is always a little bit of a mess. But everything's there. My family's there. My, 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 my kids are, are, are healthy. Uh, there's food in my fridge. You know, I, I got clothes in my closet. And boy, how easy, how simple it is for us to just begin to let that spirit of discouragement that's out there with all that's going on, we bring it into our house and we bring it into our heart. Now, I'll be honest with you, I, my house is old. It's really old. They built this thing when Eisenhower was president. All right? And, and some of you are looking at me like, Eisenhower, what's that? No, that, he was actually a president of the United States. Long, long, long time ago. That's when they built my house. They built it in 1954. And about everything that gives away after about 70 years is giving way now. 
roofs and plumbing and electrica and, and, and just, just, you just pick, just pick a thing that can go wrong in a house. And it's going wrong. And it'd be so easy to let that spirit of discouragement, that spirit of oh, everything is just going, uh, if you'll forgive the vernacular, everything's just going to, 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 to downhill. It's, just, it's all just falling apart. But you know what? My God is faithful to me every single day of my life. I tell you what, I've not missed a paycheck since this thing started. I've not got behind on a single bill. Not one. Not one, even though I've got more bills today than I had, I've ever had in my life. Every one of them's current. Amen. We, we're, we're at the place, yeah, we, and, and still praise God if we feel like it. And, and a lot of times we don't, but if we feel like it, we could, we could go out to dinner somewhere and have a nice meal somewhere. God is faithful. He is faithful. And it's so easy to get... Just, just take for granted. Just take for granted that hour by hour and minute by minute and second by remember we talked last week about the generational blessing. It's a it, it, sometimes that generational blessing is so subtle. It's so subtle we don't even know it's there. I was thinking about it this week. I I know. I would not be in the position I'm in. Listen, what is the prayer of every parent? What is the goal? What is the aim? What is, we all want our children that come after us uh, to take it to a, another level, to, to go higher than we did. And I just, you know, I, I stopped. I don't remember what day it was. It might have been Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't remember. I was driving, to, driving, home to work, or driving from work to home, and I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, you know, I've got three children, and... Two of them already have their college degrees, uh, bachelor degrees, and my third one's going to get hers in, in uh, December, and they'll be the first children in our family to have those degrees. And I thought, my God, you're so awesome, God. And you say, well, that's just, what do you mean? That's just, I'll tell you what, you look at every statistic, you look at every, every, everything you want to look at, that, that college degree raises the level. Amen. For, for that whole, that's going to bless my grandchildren. That's going to bless me. If we, if, if we don't screw it all up, <laughs> my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren will know, and they won't even know how. They won't even know why. They won't even realize it, but they'll have a blessing in their life. They will start, instead of starting from ground, ground level, they will have a built-in advantage. Now, you can waste those advantages, and many do. But they'll start from a place, and I just, you know, I start, and I just, I, I say, God, you're awesome. Yes, you know, I may, I may never be alive to see it, but, you know, there's going to be a blessing flowing Amen. into the future in my family. Just because of that. Now, you think about that. Now, you, yeah, you take that over into the spiritual blessings and, yeah. and, and what, what uh, passing on the legacy of faith and the, the Holy Spirit will, 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 will benefit and how it will benefit. And it's so easy to despise yeah. the common blessing, the thing that's right in front of your face, the thing that you see every day. Yeah. You know, I get frustrated with my job sometimes, and boy, I tell you, there was a... There has been a moment or two over the last few weeks where I have seriously considered a career change. <laughs> I mean, I, 
I, I, they, they wanted me to work today. And I went into my boss and I said, look, <laughs> we got to come to some kind of understanding here. You know, I, I, I worked six days this week, I worked yesterday. I, I can't do seven on seven on seven on seven week in and week out. I'm just physically, spiritually, emotionally. I, I says, you know, I can't do it. We've we got to figure something out. We've got to come up with a different way of doing things. And, and boy, I tell you what. I, 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 I didn't tell the boss this, but I went over to that zip recruiter site. <laughs> What's out there now? You know, I, I, could, I could be one of those delivery dudes. I could take people their groceries and bring them their Chick-fil-A when they're hungry. I, I could pull that off, amen. But you know what? I'm grateful for the job I have. I not always feel it, but I know. I know. When, when there's millions, millions and millions of people right now waiting on an unemployment check that may or may not even come. Amen. I don't know about... Listen, I know that the federal government has a printing press and they can print as much money as they want, but there's going to come a day when there's just no more to give. Amen. So I'm grateful I have not missed one single moment of time at work. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for... For, for the physical strength. I'm grateful for the spiritual strength. And I tell you what, I'm going to move into this very quickly and then we're going to move into John. That if you're not careful, that general spirit of discouragement will lead to despising the things of God and the people of God. Notice they didn't just speak against the Lord, they spoke against Moses. Amen. Now it's easy to find fault. Lord knows you can find fault with me. My goodness, you could pick me apart anytime you wanted. I am, I, I am, I am just full of flaws. There's a lot. You, you could pick apart the general overseer of the church of God. He's a man just like me. You could find a million things wrong with him. You could find a million things wrong. You, you, boy, it's not hard. It is not hard to find fault with people. It really isn't. You find me a, you show me the man or the woman you can't find fault with if you're looking hard enough. I tell you what, I, there's only one I've ever known about. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're not careful, you will let that spirit of discouragement and despising turn you against the very people that God has sent to bless you. Think about that. Just a few chapters earlier, Moses was the only one standing between those people and destruction. If he had not stood before the Lord, the Lord said, I'm tired of these people. They're complaining. Their ungratefulness, their unthankfulness. Boy, it, I tell you what, the Lord is long-suffering, patient, and kind, is he not? Amen. But there is one thing repeatedly in the Bible, it comes up time and time again, Old and New Testament. Paul mentions it in Romans chapter 1. There's one thing that the Lord, almost above, almost above anything else, that will lose you the favor of God, and it's ungratefulness. Unthankfulness. Ingratitude. The Lord, he, he, he just, uh, for whatever reason, he just, it, it just, it's the one thing. And he tells Moses, I, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to start over. You know, a lot of people think the Lord was just testing Moses or proving Moses. Listen, I don't believe the Lord ever says anything he don't mean. 
He could have fulfilled his promise to Abraham just through the line of Moses. He could have. He could have wiped those people out. But Moses stood up and said, God, your reputation is at stake here. What will the world say? What will the Egyptians say? That you just brought them out there to kill them? Amen. Moses, the one man standing between them and destruction, and they're over here bad-mouthing him. Tearing him down. Oh, this old Moses, boy, you know what? If we got ourselves a, a good leader, we get more than bread. I promise you that. That was, that was the first campaign right there. Somebody else saying, he gives you bread. I'll give you bread and meat. Amen. Boy, you can see how that would play out today, right? Boy, you'd have, you'd have the Moses party. I don't know what we'd call them and the other party, whatever we call them. And they'd all be saying, well, he can make it rain bread, but I'll make it rain bread with uh, honey on top, you know? Uh, boy, it, got, it, it, gets, it gets, you say, Pastor, you're just being silly. But I'm going to tell you how people are. They get so despised. They get to a, such a state of ingratitude. That there only is one way to get them out of it. You think these blessings are suffering? Let me show you what suffering actually is. Now I know we don't like to think of God in these terms. We don't like to think of God in these terms. We want that loving, sweet grandpa God who gives us candy and tells us he we're good. And just, 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 you know, whatever, you, whatever you do, you know, you know how grandmas and grandpas are. Whatever the kid does, make a mess. Oh, it's okay, honey. Don't worry about it. You know, that's the God we want, but that's not the God we have. The God we have, when He sees us going astray, when He sees us getting out of the line of His favor, when He sees us getting drawn back into the world, when He sees us. Heading for destruction, he will send judgment and suffering, not as punishment per se. We talked about this Wednesday night in our Bible study. Every act of judgment of God prior to the final one is an act of grace. Every act of judgment of God, by grace, he judges and by grace. You say, why do you say that? Why do you say that, Pastor? Because the thing, if he did not love and if he did not have grace, the thing he would do be is indifferent. He would simply let us go whatever way we go and let whatever consequences come of it that may. But because of his grace, because of his love, he will interrupt our path to destruction. He will send and allow. I don't know. I'm not trying to be prophetic about this. But for whatever reasons, God has either sent or allowed suffering into our land. For whatever reasons, He has allowed a great deal of suffering to come upon our nation and upon the nations of the world. And I am convinced, I am convinced that a word from God can make it go away. One word, one wave of the hand. One clap of the hand, and it's done. But I believe with all of my heart that the, one of the reasons these things happen, one of maybe the main reasons these things happen, is because God wants to turn hearts and minds back 
to calling on Him. When we get so wrapped up in the world and so wrapped up in, 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 in the things and, and, and in the prosperities and in, and in the blessings and in the benefits that we don't even regard them as something to be thankful. We, 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 I tell you now, and I say this and I'm part of it, so I'm not trying to just cast something on another generation. My generation was guilty and this generation coming up is guilty. We are, we are the most entitled we have the most entitled attitudes. The most entitled attitudes. Our expectations. I was talking about this with one of my, one of my leads at work the other day. She was shaking her head. She says, I don't understand these kids. I don't understand them. Whatever you do for them, there's, there's no gratitude. They expect. They expect. And when they don't get it, they're mad at you. I thought, yes, I know, I know, I know. But we did that to them. That's what I told her. We did that to them. We did so much and so much and so much that we raised a generation that honestly does not even, uh, that, that thinks hardship is not having a Wi-Fi connection. That thinks true suffering is your Uber driver being 15 minutes late. And when you get to that, that state of mind, the merciful God will send genuine suffering into the land so that you understand the difference between an inconvenience and a catastrophe. Between an inconvenience and a real soul-challenging tribulation from God. And I believe we're there. I believe we're in it right now. I believe we're really in it. And God is trying so hard so hard to get it. So how do we get out of it, Pastor? How do we get out of it? We do what the Bible says. God told Moses, lift up the standard with the serpent on it. Now that's a, that's a sign. If you think about that, man, if you think about that, what does that serpent represent? That serpent represents the judgment of God. Amen. That serpent on that pole represents the judgment of God. God wanted them to look at that and know that they had been judged and know that they had, they had, uh, they had deserved, they, had, they, they, they were, they were, they were the, the, the problems that they had were the results of their own sin. Amen. And so what they said. The people came to Moses, what did they say? We have sinned. In speaking against the Lord and against you, they understood the problem wasn't the Republicans. The problem wasn't the Democrats. The problem wasn't the, the rich. The problem wasn't the poor. The problem wasn't the white. The problem wasn't the black. The problem was them. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I'm not saying all these issues we're dealing with aren't real. They certainly are. But before we point a finger at the other side, we need to point a finger at the mirror. We need to look in our own hearts. In our own hearts. It's real easy to say, well, you know what? Let's get this one out of office and get the next one in, and everything's going to be all right. When has that ever worked? 
Well, you know what we need to do is we need to, we need to change this kind of thing to that kind of thing and change this system to that kind of system. You know what? You go to the places where they have that other kind of system and they have the same problems. You can't fix these issues out of ballot box. I'm not saying it's wrong. To, 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 that's not where I'm, I'm not going down that road. But I'm saying until we accept that what's happening around us in this world is partly on us. I've taken this seriously. I told you I'm taking everything seriously. I've examined my ministry and I've spent 30 years in what's a, what used to be called cross-cultural ministry, but I don't even know. They have a different word for it and I'm not even sure what it is. I've ministered to people of every kind. I've loved them and, and, and prayed with them and preached to them and interceded for them. And, but you know what? I've examined my own heart and I've examined my own mind and my own spirit to make to see, Lord, if there be anything in me. And you know what I found? I didn't find any attitude in me that was, that was against any one particular person, but I did find one thing. When I looked in that mirror long enough, sometimes you've got to just stare into the Word of God. You've got to stare into the Word of God. You've got to stare, stare, stare. It doesn't always jump out at you. It doesn't always jump out at you. I'm going to tell you something that happened to me. This is about three, four weeks ago, maybe a little bit longer than that, right when this thing first, first started in Minneapolis and all those things. And I said, God, what's, what's going on? What, what, you know, and I looked real hard, real, real hard. I said, God, I want, to, I want to have a clear conscience. There's nothing more important to me in my life than a clear conscience before the Lord. I want, to, I want to be able to put my head on my pillow at night and know me and God, we're on the same page. I want to be able to put my head on my pillow at night and know that if something happens to me during the night, I'm going to be ushered abundant entrance into the kingdom of God. Amen. I said, Lord, I, I, know, I know my own heart and I know my own mind. I know the love. When I, I told you that story, when God called me I, to preach, the thing I said is, God, I, I can... I can preach the Word. I can teach the Word. But you've got to give me a love for the people because I didn't like church people. I say that openly and honestly. 16, 17, 18 years old, I thought church people were the biggest hypocrites in the world. I, thought, why about, I said, why waste my life ministering to people like that? Now you can say, well, you were just a teenager. Yeah, but, you know, that's where I was. That's what I was. I said, God, you've got to change that in me. I can't... I can't be a fraud up there and just telling them, oh, Jesus loves you, but I don't. And that's how it would have been. That's how my, that would have been my ministry. And I know ministers like that. I've been in those pastor councils and those general assemblies and gone out to lunch with brothers and sisters who pastor great congregations and hear the way they talk about their people and how they talk about the church. And how they talk about leaders in the church. And I said, God, I can't be that way. I can't be that way. You've got to change my heart. You have got to make me love people. Oh, praise God. God answers prayer. He did. He answered that prayer. 
I got, he, he, he touched my heart. He filled me with the Holy Spirit. I tell you, when he filled me with the Holy Ghost, 19 years, 18 years old, almost 19 years old. No, I, yes, I, I was 18. Well, you get old and your memory starts slipping gears. 18, that's about three, four weeks before my 19th birthday. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. And I remember, outside of all the, the fancy stuff, the speaking in tongues and all of that, the thing about that experience that, that, that stuck with me was I came up out of the altar and my heart was just overflowing with love and burden for, for, for the souls of pe- people, souls of mankind. Black, white, red, I didn't, I, I didn't even, I, it, it wasn't even a, a, a consideration. Every human being became precious in my sight. God does those things. He does those things. And so when I searched this time, I said, God, I know, I know the love you've given me for people, but, but I, feel, I feel something in my spirit that, I'm not, that, that, that there's something that I need to clear out. And so I kept reading and kept praying, kept reading and praying. You know, it doesn't always come immediately. But finally, about three, four weeks ago, or about three weeks ago, the Lord led me somewhere, and he says, you know, you have a great love for people, and you don't care what kind of people they are. He says, but one thing I have against you. Oh, when you get to that moment with God, your whole body goes limp. One thing I have against you. I said, oh, God, I can't, I don't want this. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. He said, you have tolerated the prejudice of others. You have people in your life, people in your, that you're associated with, some of them family, some of them friends, some of them co-workers, some of them people in the church, and you have not spoken up in their presence. You've allowed it to go unchallenged. You've allowed it to... You've, you've been, listen, you hear me say this? What do I say all the time? Silence is consent. And the Lord told me, he says, I know why. He says, you don't want, you want to be able to continue to be a witness. You want to be able to stay in these people's lives and hopefully bring them out of that darkness. He says, but that's not how to do it. So here I am thinking, here I am thinking, well, this person, they're, they're a little messed up. But if I stay in, if, if I stay, if they stay in my circle, I can draw, you know how we have that mindset. We have that mindset. Some of us do it with relationships. Uh, we all do it with relationships. Some of us do it with romantic relationships. Well, they're not quite right with God, but boy, they're so in love with me, I can just bring them to God. And God, God called me on it. Be careful how you pray. Be careful when you tell God to call you on things. And he called me on it. And that very night, I went through my entire Facebook page, and I delete, 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 delete these people. And somebody called me and said, I, I see you, you block off. I said, why? I said, I don't appreciate the things you say. They're not godly. They're not right. Oh. I spoke up. Spoke up. And here's the thing. This is what I was driving toward. I lifted up the name of Jesus. I lifted up. I said, you're going to get offended at me. I'm going to start being offensive in a very positive way. When I'm surrounded by nonsense, I'm calling the nonsense out. 
When I'm surrounded by things being said that shouldn't be said, I'm calling it out. I'm going to lift the standard of the judgment of God. You say, how is Jesus the judgment of God? Read your New Testament again. The Bible tells us that God put all of our judgment on Christ. When we look at Him, we see a Savior. Praise God. Thank God we do see a Savior. But we should also see the manifestation of the righteousness of God against sin. Sin always goes to the same place, death. Lust, when it is conceived, brings forth sin. Sin, when it is finished. It's always the cross. It's always a crucifixion. It's always a death. The only end of every sin is death. You play with sin long enough, including the, some of these sins we're, we're calling out now, it'll take you to the same place. And if we don't learn, church, to lift up the name of Jesus, to lift Him up, the standard of God's righteousness, the standard of God's righteousness, no sin gets past the cross. That's where it all has to come to. We take this bread and, and this cup every Sunday. We, we show forth the Lord's death till He comes, right? Why did He die? Why was that serpent put on that pole that day? Because God wants all of the world to look on it and know that God does not tolerate any sin from anyone at any time ever. Let me say it again. God does not tolerate any sin from anyone any time. When there's sin in the land, when there's judgment in the land, whatever you think of all this going on, whenever it's in the land, it is time for the people of God to lift up the judgment of God. Not in wrath, but in love. To let the world know that Christ died for this very reason. This very reason. We have such an opportunity right now, believers, to speak up, to speak up, to lift our voice. I'm not talking about just putting some vague kind of statement out there. Uh, you know, I, I love, I love, I love this one. You know, I, I'm with this one. I'm with that one. You know, some of these people can't make up their mind what they want. I'm talking about to look at the person in your life in the eye and say you're not right with God. The things coming out of your mouth are not pleasing to God. No, 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 no. No, pastor, that's, that's the preacher's job. Fine. Get him here in church, and I'll say it to him. Unfortunately, to get him in here in church, you're going to have to say it to him. You're going to have to look at people that have been in your life your whole life. I've got family. I love them with all of my heart. They're blood. They're kin. They're kin. But they're as racist as the day is long. And you know, that's tough. That's tough. You look them straight. Sometimes you've got to look them straight in the eye. Sometimes you've got to, hey, I love you. We're blood. I'd do anything for you. But you're not right. 
What you're saying is not right. The way you're thinking, your mind is messed up. Look to Jesus. If Jesus died for them, then they're as good as you or me. Well, let's put it a different way. If Jesus died for them, then they're as bad as you and me. Right? He didn't die for us because we we're just such wonderful people. And I promise you this, He didn't die for us because we were white. And He didn't die for us because we were black. And He didn't die for us because we were brown. And He didn't die for us because we were somewhere else on the spectrum. If He was willing to die for the poorest and the weakest, the ugliest, the wickedest, when we lift up the name of Jesus, we need to see ourselves. We need to see who we really are in the eyes of God. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up. Now, we've changed the meaning of that just a hair. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. We've changed the meaning of that just a hair. We think it means to lift up in praise. It's how sometimes we present it. Go back and read it again. When Jesus said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I would draw men unto me, he wasn't talking about praise my name. He was talking about the cross. He says, when I'm lifted up on that cross, when I'm lifted up on that cross, the whole earth, the whole world is going to look at me and going to see both the love and the judgment of God. The love, because we read it, didn't we? That's why I read that particular passage. For God so what? That He did what? So what? Then what? That's it. I'm not a politician. Thank God. Oh. Boy, dodge the bullet. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm so glad I don't have that calling. Oh, my Lord. If I, I, I thought being called to be a preacher was bad. Woo! But I tell you what, I will lift my voice. I will tell this world, Jesus Christ died on the cross to put an end to this foolishness, to put an end to it all. He died to make us one. I was over at Cooper City this morning. They were honoring the MIP graduates, and we went over to support Ethan, and very proud of him. And, you know, he may have, he may have, just, you know, you, have to, you know Ethan. He's got to do everything his own way. Can't tell the boy nothing. Haven't been able to tell him anything since he was three years old. The boy was born knowing more than everybody else. Praise God. I tell you what, I, I have a special love for that child. As only, as only some of you parents can understand what it's like to love those special children. Amen. Love them. But in his stubbornness to do things his way, he may have permanently changed the MIP courses at the Church of God. Generational blessings. He stood up. 
They say, don't put me in that category. Don't put me in that category. I know what God calls me to do. And so they created his own category. He might, he's the first. He might be the only. He might be the last. But by God, he knew what God had put in his heart. And he wasn't going to be pushed off. wasn't going to be pushed off into some preset cardboard cutout ministry. Amen. That's good for him. We need more. We need a whole generation of those. We need generations of those who will stand up and say, no, no, God's way. No, God's way. Not the way the church has always done it. God's way. We need to lift our voices to this, to this generation, to what's going on around us, and lift up Jesus Christ. Let's stand. Let's stand. Father God, you're so good to us. You're so wonderful to us. Amen, amen. I'm going to ask you to join me this morning. Socially distant, of course, but come and let's take our, our cup and let's take our bread. Those of you listening online, if you, have your, if you have your bread, you have your cup, we're going to honor the cross of Jesus Christ and we're going to uh, uh, recognize that this sacrifice that he made for us wasn't just so we could live forever. That's wonderful. That's great. What a blessing that is. It's, it's amazing what he's done for us. But he wants to be lifted up in front of the eyes of this whole world. This whole world needs to know and needs to see and understand that God has dealt with the very sins that we are trying to just get a handle on today. God has already dealt with them. He dealt with them on Calvary. He dealt with them at the cross. We can never, and let me say this, let me say this, please understand, all of the brains and the minds and the science and the and, and the politics and the economics, all of these things, and all those committed to these things that are working to find some answer to the, to the wicked problems of our time. You'll never find an answer that will be better than the answer that God has already provided. God has already provided the solution. He's already dealt with this problem. It's time for us to apply what he's done to a broken world around us. Hallelujah. 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 This has been a production of the Lighthouse Church of God. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed. You are welcome to join us for service every Sunday at 1030 a.m. For more information or to support our ministry, visit our website at www.lhcogfl.org. Or if you're in the Broward County area, we would love for you to visit our church located at 1890 Southwest 31st Avenue, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33312. God bless you. Until next time, this is the Lighthouse Church of God, lighting the way through the storms of life.